You're listening to an episode of the Elephant in the Room podcast brought to you by the Purpose Room in partnership with the India Justice Report. Each month, we will bring to you insights on the workings of the Indian justice system. We will also explore the notion of justice and what it means to Indians. My first guest on the Elephant in the Room podcast this week is Miran Borbankar, former DG of Police Research and Development. Miran was the first woman district police chief in Maharashtra, India. She is currently a member of the core advisory group on criminal justice systems reforms constituted by the NHRC India. My second guest is Devika Prasad, a specialist in policing and human rights. Devika headed the police reforms program of the Commonwealth Human Rights Initiative based in New Delhi, India from 2013 to 2020. Good afternoon Miran and good afternoon Devika. Good afternoon Valeria. Thank you for being guests on the Elephant in the Room podcast for this episode of our conversation on the India Justice Report. Thanks for having me here Sudha. Thank you Sudha. Let's get started with the questions. So, from what I've seen, women make up nearly seven point two eight percent of the police force in India, according to the Status of Policing in India report. And this is in spite of targets set by Ministry probably a decade ago to achieve thirty three percent in the police force. Is it because women don't want to join the police force, or are there other systemic issues? Who'd like to go first, Miran? Sudha, the current ratio I would say is around ten percent plus of okay. women in police. Uh, so we are gradually moving towards uh, achievable target of thirty three percent. But instead of having exclusive recruitment for women, every year most of the states earmark thirty three percent quota. So that is the reason why the upward movement is slow. but certain states like bihar went in for exclusive recruitment for women in police and bihar it may surprise most of our listeners today has about 25% of women so i don't see a reluctance on part of women to join police anymore it was there in 80s and 90s this century the department has opened its arms for women and they have accepted it so if we don't have exclusive recruitments this would be a slow process but if like bihar even himachal today has 19% women if more than the 30% are recruited every year then we will reach this target earlier devika your thoughts yeah so just taking from what miran ma'am says the startling rise of bihar was actually it went from 7% to 25% women in a space of 5 years 2015 to 2019 so i think studying that experience breaking it down finding out how did the department do it what were the ground measures taken what were the policy measures on recruitment taken that in itself would be a big eye opening exercise to understand practically how a police department raised its numbers in recruitment so sharply so i think it's a good example and it's really encouraging that there are examples like this himachal also has seen a rise over this 5 year period 
Gujarat also jumped from 4% to 12% in the space of five years. So in fact, I think we are seeing increased recruitment of women into the police. And so again, this question that women are not joining is perhaps uh, not correct. But I'm sure we'll have more conversation about how that is just the beginning of a woman's journey also within a police force, of joining it, getting there. What happens once you're there, that's again a whole nother set of issues and challenges which have to be addressed. Vanay, do you have any thoughts on this? I would just say that, you know, in 2010, Bihar had only 2% women in police. And in less than 20 years, it has managed to take this up to 253 how did it do this? As Pevika said, I mean, it's, you know, worth a very close study so that we can identify some good practices. But what I would say is that there are only six states, all right, six large states which have women share in police in double digits. And most of the large states are like obviously under 10. And when you look at states like Rajasthan, Madhya Pradesh, Uttar Pradesh states, known for registering high number of crimes against women. In those states, the share of women is still quite obviously. So moving on from that question, I'd like to go to something which seems to be a point of conversation for everyone in India. And this is the increasing crimes against minorities, crimes against women, crimes against generally people who are on the margins within the current police forces, they're not representative of the demographics. Do you think that is a barrier to addressing gendered crime? Would it make a difference if there were more serving police women in all police stations or to have women-only police stations? So Devika, would you like to start on this one? One thing I would say is that I think the question of crimes against women or crimes based on gender we can treat those a little bit separately from crimes against minorities. And then if we look at that, then there'll be crimes against Dalits, crimes against Adivasis. So people on the margins in India and the effect of crime on them or police misconduct on them, all of these are issues on their own and need to be unpacked in that way. I agree that in a democracy, the police should at least look like and try to represent the society which it serves. In a country like India, that's a very difficult thing to do because of our sheer diversity. So that's something which then a department, the leadership has to consciously keep working at increased representation of underrepresented groups in the police. And that again is, I think, a sort of long haul issue, just like increased representation for women. It's something which is going to take a long time and it needs a commitment which is not just in the moment or when something happens or is sort of fashionable, but it's a deep-rooted commitment which then as police leadership changes, that commitment shouldn't change. So the institutional commitment to this kind of representation is also something which really needs deep commitment over a long term. But I mean, on the question also of how to address crimes, it's a question which needs many answers and there's so many factors at play. So I'll just limit it to this question of representation. And okay. I do feel certainly of underrepresented groups in the police, that is something which perhaps would help. 
So while I agree with the Devika on all the points, I would take it further and say that police leadership has to first accept the need for broader representation, talk about it, and then go in for policy changes. Devika has highlighted that individual changes are erased once an officer goes out, posted out, is transferred out. So institutional policy changes to give more representation to gender, to minorities, is the way out. And for that, we have to first admit that we do not have adequate representation of various sectors of society. I know that every year, at least in Maharashtra where I worked, we would not be able to fill the vacancies for scheduled tribes. So even with our best efforts, we could not fill the vacancies and the vacancies would be taken over for the next year. But for gender, now we have both 33% reservation and willing young girls. And for that, I feel a special recruitment is what would reduce this gap from, say, one decade, which it would take in routine, to four to five years as uh, Biharans they have shown, but to face the reality and to take institutional policy decision is the way I see forward. Okay, that makes sense. And I think the idea of institutionalizing something rather than it being an ad hoc attempt by individuals who are driven to make change, that, of course, is what will help with the systemic change. Moving on to the next question, so we've spoken about representation of women in police forces, but is it also that once they come into the force, are they able to thrive and do the work that they are there for? Is the culture and other facilities within the organization welcoming of women and what needs to be done to ensure that the police establishment can make itself more accommodating of and enabling women to thrive at all levels? So in 2015-16, we conducted a research in Maharashtra because in Maharashtra, we started having reservation for women in 1993 and it was more than two decades. Yeah. So we wanted to see the satisfaction level of women in police. And we had a sample of constables and of sub-inspectors working at the police station level. We did not cover women working in special units like control room, traffic, or computer sections. And we found that about 20% of women constables, sub-inspectors were extremely unhappy with the environment and with the cooperation given to them by the male staff. So the study highlighted that about 50% of women are not happy and about 20% of them out of this 50 were uh, extremely unhappy and they flagged two, three issues. One was that they needed special training, especially because they said they are ambitious and they would like to have leadership trainings. Then they talked of the need for experience sharing workshops. They wanted to know how others among them are coping with night rounds, with small children, with pregnancy and the kind of atmosphere at the field level at the police station. And then this issue which they flagged, that they do not uh, get adequate cooperation from their male colleagues. So these three things I thought, if we 
start working on that instead of confining them to special units, we have them in police stations. We give them the training that they need. We support them during the sensitive periods like uh, pregnancy, like monthly periods or like post-pregnancy having small children. They would love to work in the field as meaningful contributors to the police station. And it would not only be the gain of the police department or the police stations, but citizens would immensely gain with uh, healthy, positive and uh, sensitive, empathetic women at the field level. That's very, very insightful and interesting. Some great points there. Devika? I think the crux of the point is this feeling that in CHRI's work and in interactions with women police officers, I think this notion that we are not seen as equals by our male colleagues, and we're certainly not seen as fit to be police officers by our male colleagues, I think that's perhaps the biggest challenge that women face. And everything kind of stems from there, both at the field in an operational situation, but also in terms of leadership and decision making, etc. So until that fundamental inequality, and then also that sense of inequality is fixed. I mean, you can recruit many women into the police, but if they are at very junior ranks, but only at the ranks of constable, they're not getting into leadership positions, etc. They're not heading operational units like police stations and districts. Then there'll always be an imbalance and women will always be marginalized within the police. So that marginalization is what needs to be addressed, and it is still very much there. I was reading this uh, article by Alankrita Singh, who is an IPS officer in The Wire, and she says that we are likely to be assessed less competent and less suitable for high-level positions. We are likely to be sexually harassed by superiors and colleagues and even held responsible for it. So my question leading from that is, when women come into the police force and they are growing in the hierarchy, what sort of relationship are they likely to have with the police officers who report to them? How can they strive to achieve the professional balance? So, Asudha, see, we cannot talk of women and police as a broad category being a one unit. Yeah. The question you have posed is responded to, handled differently by, say, women who are in leadership position, like women belonging to Indian Police Service, yeah. or women who are recruited direct as DYSPs. Yeah. They, I think, are able to assert and they are able to handle where they are not getting proper response from the junior, seniors, or colleagues. At to a great extent, they are able to set these kinds of wrong responses into the correct ones because they, by the very nature of their entry levels, their basic qualities, they are in much better position to respond to and handle an atmosphere which may not be very conducive to their presence. But even the study which I quoted earlier, the sample was of sub-inspectors and constables when we asked about the satisfaction level, so dissatisfaction of women constables was much higher than of men constables, which shows that women constables are finding the atmosphere more hostile or 
maybe they are not able to correct a line or modify that hostile atmosphere women sub inspectors again it's a leadership position field level leaders they are able to correct that and ensure that that even if it's not very cordial it comes to cooperative or acceptance levels so i would say that we can broadly divide the response of women at the constable level at middle level leadership which is sub inspectors and dvsp and at top level leadership which is direct ips so indian police service women face much lesser difficulties than constables who are also not able to respond the way they would like to middle level i think may not have police stations very accepting very cooperative but i must say in maharashtra they are able to assert so the constable level needs maximum support training and a positive atmosphere or positive messages from not only their male colleagues even from female leaders so that's the way i would like to think that there are three broad levels field levels middle leadership and top leadership and i see maximum difficulties at the police station level at the field level women constables facing thank you mirana devika what are your thoughts on this so i agree that there are different sets of challenges and certainly more acute challenges for women at the junior and certainly at the field ranks and for constables but i do wonder if there's certain things which all women have to traverse and face ips women might just like ma'am said you know it just might be easier for them they might be more prepared for those conversations so the notion that one that physical strength is such an important part of policing and then tied to that that men are you know physically stronger than women and even if that's the case but there may be other aspects of physicality which i mean it may not be that every single man is stronger than every single woman and there may be other aspects which women may be they may be more agile in other ways etc there may be things that even in physicality women will be able to show but this notion that one of physical strength and the prioritizing of physical strength and then the other thing of pregnancy and of course monthly periods it's not something which is just taken on board naturally that when a woman enters your organization these are things you have to prepare for i think women still it's almost like facing a stigma especially in an organization like the police where there's a feeling that here is either an officer or a woman constable who for 9 months may be out of commission this is something that we have to navigate around and it's something which may disadvantage us so i wonder if some of these attitudes are still running through the police organization across the hierarchy and which i think they are also discriminatory and discriminatory based on gender very specifically and attributes and experiences that only women go through so i think that some of that is probably also at play and in some way it will affect everybody but i mean of course that some will be able to navigate that much better than others that's true this is like a big topic actually i know i've put you all in a difficult position trying to answer it quickly vale do you have any thoughts on this I was wondering what Leiden ma'am thinks why 
is it important to have uh, as balanced as possible police force? Like, I mean, I think maybe it's important to kind of revisit the fundamental question. A lot of tokenism is going on within the police force that they have to have some women, so let's have them at the constable level. Let's make it difficult for them. But why is it important to have women in the police? Because when we think of police, we only think of crime. But mind you, about 30 to 40% of time is gone in dealing with non-cognizable cases, which means neighbor dispute, complaints about too much noise, dispute about water. We have so many women coming to police stations, harassment by the family, drunkard husbands, beating their wives. So it's not a token. If we sit in a police station, I would say women as accused involved in crime are less. Women victim and women coming to the police stations for non-cognizable cases is very high. So I would definitely champion that our police station should represent or cater to the citizens as per the profile of the citizens. Since my feeling is that about 40 to 50 percent of the complainants we cater to are either women as complainants or as victims. So we must have a much higher number of women than the present 10% that the country has. True, that's very interesting. Moving on, we've discussed in the earlier questions, whatever numbers of women there are and wherever they are, they seem to be clustered at the lower levels and they are not rising up the ranks. And some of it could be due to cultures and some of it the recruitment practices, and I'm not sure about what the retention levels are within the police forces. So it would be interesting to hear about what can be done to ensure that they are able to rise within the ranks and also be recruited in greater numbers. Okay, uh, so the retention is not an issue. The whole country wants government jobs because of the security which they provide. So once inducted, keeping them within the department is not an issue. Keeping them motivated, aligned with the purpose for which they have been brought in and to enable them to perform to the best of their abilities. That is an issue which I would say needs more attention, more training, more special training for women. Okay. Devika? So in terms of some very practical measures also that can be taken, like ma'am was saying that recruitment drives helped very much. So how much at the district level are targeted recruitment drives going on so that a police department can really ensure that it's doing everything it can to meet its reservation quota. So pre-recruitment, you can't wait for the time of recruitment to suddenly start advertising and you think that women will come. If it is something to be really imbibed, then it has to be a continuous process. So targeted district-wise recruitment drives in states and if the quota for women, for instance, stay unfulfilled, to carry those forward and ensure that they're only filled by women, even if that takes a little bit more time, rather than by men. And I think police departments already do it, but conducting yearly baseline assessments of rank-wise strength of women before recruiting, just to see what is the gap and how much has to be filled. So almost like a day-to-day -day work. 
I think would be something which would help. One positive thing, which at least in urban settings, is that, for instance, in Delhi, I don't know if it is still the case, but certainly at the very beginning of the year in January, every district head of a police district in Delhi was a woman. Now, I don't know if to April 2022, if that continues because of transfers, etc. But I mean, it's really great that that has happened. And I think in Bangalore too, again, which is an urban police commissionerate, again, at the district levels of women are coming to leadership positions. So these are some small signs of hope which are leading somewhere. It's not always just lip service, but these are still few and far between. One thing that uh, Mira and I wanted to ask, you said that there is no challenge of women leaving the job once they have the job. So they have the job and they're still not rising in ranks. I've worked in the private sector, don't know much about how the assessment or appraisals, or is it left to the whims of their bosses or is there an institutionalized system which assesses how they're doing or how they're performing and at what level they should be? So annual assessment report, confidential report, and they are institutionalized from constable up to the senior most officer. We write about them. And then it's not one person's view. Whatever you write, your superior has to agree and superior to that has to accept. So that issue of assessing their performance is as good or as bad as of male uh, counterpart. So... Why women don't leave? I'll give you one example. Once I was visiting police lines in Pune and I found two very thin girls. They had joined police and they were coming back from parade and they were in the uniform. And I asked them, oh, how come you both look alike? They said, oh, we are cousins. And I said, oh, really? Yes. One of our cousins got into police earlier. And so our fathers, they are real brothers. They also encouraged us. So now it's a matter of pride that a girl is joining police. And earlier, maybe it was so if you were sub-inspector, DYSP or IPS, even at constable level, besides security, the pride of uniform and the understanding within families that it's a job which has some challenges, the sensitization of officers in charge of police stations and of their districts, that has helped a lot. Officers are sensitive. And uh, besides, I must say, media is very sensitive. If a lady officer goes and complains, that disturbs the district administration, it goes up to the state level. So security, sensitization of senior police officers, and a very vigilant media as far as women officers, women in police are concerned, that have all helped. Thank you for that, Miran. We've discussed that states have taken a long time to come to that 33% of women in the police force. But Bihar and Himachal have shown that it is possible to accelerate the pace of change. What are the different ways that one can increase representation and move towards numbers like Bihar and Himachal Pradesh? I asked my vote for special recruitment and continuous training of women officers, women uh, field level constabulary and sensitization of male officer, male colleagues. Devika, 
I, I think that uh, answers the question. But on the question that is recruitment, so recruitment has to be an important way. But the biggest way is, I think, like we've been saying, is, is a true, genuine institutional commitment. If it's a genuine institutional commitment, then efforts will consistently be made at all levels for women already in the police and for women to enter the police. So I think that's where one has to reach. What would that genuine attempt or effort be? What would that look like? So, Sudha, I feel there is no need to doubt about the commitment of either the political uh, leadership or uh, bureaucratic leadership. I have worked in the uh, government for more than 35 years. Commitment to induct more women in government is definitely there. Okay. Bureaucracy, because they have understood the value of wider representation and political leadership, because they get enormous number of goodwill and votes because of accepting women in government. And in fact, I recently wrote an article that in their pursuit to seek votes, they have gone overboard and have declared all women police stations to win over women, to get their votes, to make the voters happy. It is an extreme to which they are going. In fact, we have to pull them back and tell them that the answer lies not in all women police station, but more representation to women in police stations. So I would say that uh, Devika's point of genuine commitment, I see real genuine commitment both from political leadership and bureaucracy to induct more women and to enable them to reach up to 33% level. There's no doubt about it. Oh, that's good to know. And this is a really great learning for me. Uh, I thought there was lack of political will generally. So we are at the last question. What would you think are one or two of the biggest challenges to getting to where Indian police needs to be? Ma'am has a really insider view. It's not something that I have. But I would differ slightly from what Ma'am said, just in the sense that to me, a true genuine commitment would be apparent if, for instance, a police department put down in writing a kind of visioning or a document, something that lays out that institutional commitment to greater equality for women, equality of opportunity and just greater equality for women within the police, not just at the level of recruitment, but really at all levels of the institution, at different facets of police work, the question of separate facilities for women. The architecture of police stations is designed so that separate facilities are already there within the drawing of the architecture and not as an afterthought. I think in some states that is certainly happening already, but I'm not sure if that's everywhere, that the seeking of modernization grants from the central government, all of that is conditioned on demonstrable improvement of not just recruitment of women, but also just women in police work and the women who want to be in operational positions, that they have the fair and equal opportunities for training, etc., to access those. I mean, we can again argue at nauseum about the benefit of two policing of 
siloed units of operational units, whether it's an all-women police control room van unit or an all-women police station, that's another set of issues. But the thing is, is that these initiatives are there. And I do agree that even if it's not necessarily perhaps uh, planned as well as it should, I think it comes with a feeling that this is something which will help women in the police. But to me, I would be assured if there was a police department which I saw would, for instance, you carry out studies, you carry out needs assessment, you talk to all of your women at different ranks, you take all of their experiences into consideration, then you look at your whole body of organizational policies, manuals, orders, circulars, you commit yourself to doing a sweep of everything on paper to ensure that any discriminatory provisions are actually removed. And you give also a futuristic approach. You think about the architecture of police stations and facilities for women. And I understand the police is busy, but a small team could be created and something like this could be done. I think that is something which would really show that we are willing, no matter how busy we are or how overstretched we might be, that this is so important to us that we will give the time and the energy and the research and consultation which is needed to do it well, to really put down how to mainstream and equalize all opportunities for women in the police. There's some really, really great points there, Devika. If change has to happen, there somebody has to be given the responsibility for doing it all the time and not just some of the time. Miran, any last thoughts? Yeah, so I agree totally with Devika about vision uh, and putting that vision on paper and then ensuring that uh, we are committed to it and we are on our way to achieve it, especially regarding police station architectural basic needs like restrooms, toilets, dressing rooms for women, changing room for women from civil clothes to uniforms. After that, two things which I consider most challenging for the presence in police. One is that police in India has become very mediocre and corruption is a real issue. So how would women be able to contribute to making it honest and transparent policing? So how will they survive? Not only survive, then attempt to bring and align police department to providing timely prompts and genuine services to the citizens and to erase this stigma of corruption, which is very, very strong in India today. And second, having joined a police with lots of dreams, ambitions, with leadership qualities, how do we keep them motivated for another 35 years? Of course, it's an issue for male policemen also, but since we are concentrating on women, women who are joining police are coming with a very, very positive, ambitious bent of mind. And as I said earlier, to keep them motivated so that not only do they give their best, but also change the current a uh, very negative atmosphere of police stations, which are more into single commas, I would say, money-making than providing services. So these two are the two very important challenges besides the Maslow's basic hierarchy, which uh, Devika has said that restroom, changing rooms, toilets, 
and a friendly architecture of a police station for women in police. Thank you very much. This has been such a huge learning for me to hear from both Miran and Devika and some inputs from Valaya, of course. Thank you for sharing your experiences, your thoughts, your ideas. I think it's so important to take this and share it with more people. So people understand that there are people thinking about this. It's not just all of us in our individual homes thinking about that the police needs to change or there needs to be more representation. Things are being done, probably not at the same pace that we'd like, but I think there is the appetite and the interest and, as you said, the political will. That is what counts. So thank you very much, Miran. Thank you very much, Devika. And thank you, Valer, for being here today. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Elephant in the Room podcast brought to you by The Purpose Room in partnership with the India Justice Report. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you enjoyed listening to the podcast today, don't forget to write a review and tell your friends. 